Hello and welcome to my show conversation with Priya. I'm your host, Priya Mishra. We have a very special guest and very unique inspiration I have found in her. Jacqueline Wei was inspired by her three young children. I have seen many reasons for people to start the business, but this is unique. So Jacqueline Wei was inspired by her three young children to launch 365 Gives now a registered charity that changes the world one gave one day at a time. A mother to three beautiful busy boys. She's also a TEDx talk speaker whose talks inspires millions and has been viewed by over 5.6 million people and counting. <laughs> Jacqueline's purpose is to inspire and educate people and to create a happy life and a happier world. And this is my small contribution to reach out to you, to bring her message to you. So please help me to welcome Jacqueline Wake. Hey Jacqueline, thank you for joining in. Uh, welcome to my show and I really appreciate your time. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Just an honor. It's a pleasure to have you. So uh, before we jump into the more detail about your journey, your work you are doing, I know it's a great work you are doing and it, I was really amazed when you you told me that you like you inspired by your kids. There are many reasons people start business and there are many reasons reason people start NGOs and charities and all, but it was very unique to me. So would you mind telling my audience how this whole journey started? Absolutely. So my organization is called 365 Give and it was really inspired by my three-year-old son. And I had a really simple um, mission as a parent. And for many, it's, you know, your children go to school and then university and become a doctor or a lawyer or whatever that is. And, and I'm not that parent. Um, you know, my simple goals for my children um, were that they grew to be kind, compassionate, uh, happy children. Um, because what we know is that happy children become happy adults. So we set out on a mission on his third birthday because I wanted to teach him all about giving back to the world. Yeah. So we made a commitment that every day for 365 days, one year, we were going to do one thing to give back to our world. Mm. And, you know, it had to be so simple that a three-year-old could do it. And so we broke it down into categories. We could give to animals. We could give back to the planet. Um, we could even, you know, give back to people in any yeah. way that we yeah. so chose. So my son actually was the one who got us going. And the first person or the first group he wanted to give back to were to animals. And so we headed down to our local animal rescue shelter. Yeah. And we made our first donation of towels and blankets. And we spent some time volunteering, um, petting the cats and, and playing with them. And that started us on our journey, which has been truly remarkable, has taken us uh, places I never expected, like right here with you, <laughs> which is amazing. <laughs> uh, and we actually, after 365 days of giving, um, I had gotten a call from a friend of mine. I had created a blog to kind of record our stories as we went along. Mm -hmm. And I had a simple hope that if anybody other than my friends and family read the blog, that they may be inspired to give as well. Right. And and they did. And people started reaching out to us actually from all over the world. You know, this was the days before Instagram um, and people actually used to read blogs and it was a great way to communicate. And so people started reaching out from all over the world and and getting in contact with us and sharing their own giving stories because they had been inspired by Nick. So we we decided it needed to keep going after 365 days. I wasn't you know, I had had a habit at that point. I formed a habit of giving every day. Um, I love doing it. 
And uh, a teacher friend reached out to me and she asked if she could bring the 365 Give concept into her classroom. And, you know, our journey went from there. We created, I always say this, I was just a mom, but, you know, we created an educational program, which today has traveled to over 400 schools across the globe. Wow. Um, yeah, which is still amazes me every day. Uh, we've inspired, you know, thousands and thousands of children and teachers and classrooms and entire schools. Yeah. Uh, and we've actually grown from there. And we decided um, I was very blessed to do a, a TED talk a number of years ago that has gone pretty viral. And it really inspired us through the feedback that we got from everybody because right. our TED talk is called How to Be Happy Every Day. It will change the world. And so many people are searching for happiness. Everybody says the same thing. I can't believe I'm searching YouTube on how to be happy. (laughs) It was just kind of perfect for this. Yeah, yeah. And what we realized from people is that they were also inspired by our stories. So our programs now include families, they include individuals, they include businesses, they include community groups. And we've been literally been able to inspire millions all over the world and inspire them to also give in just small ways because We truly believe two things. And one, we know the benefits um, of giving. And we can talk a little bit about the science of giving, but the the psychological um, and mental and physical benefits of giving that has to our bodies and to our brains. Uh, But also, you know, we believe that every individual is the untapped person in our world that will actually create, as we were talking about earlier, that will be the people that resolve some of our 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 globe's biggest problems yeah you know our governments can't just be the one leading to solve climate change it takes each of us to solve climate change you know we can't expect the government to feed every hungry person Mm. we all need to be part of helping solve hunger in our world and poverty Mm. and all of the other crises that we have going on yeah um so that's what we believe we believe in a humanity that every individual has the ability to give in some way doesn't have to cost money we're not about giving hundreds of dollars to charities it's a small thing we can each individually do every day Mm. i mean it's inspirational and you're not just a mother you are i'm not just i'm learning that i'm not just a mother I always believe when I look at my mother's life, I always believe that, you know, you must have been also looking back to your mother's life, you know, so much they were doing, which was, you know, never, if we will start creating a task list, like, you know, the Excel sheet will be small for the worksheet. (laughs) Yeah, I've actually put a dollar value on motherhood and, and how much we should actually get paid for our 24 hours of service every day for, you know, our lifetime. Uh, and really it, nobody could afford to pay us for the work that we do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's amazing uh, work they do and it's unconditional. It's, it's a unique element God had, has given us, you know, all mm. mothers. Absolutely. We, we all have inner struggles and happiness is different to every single person on the planet. What advice can you give the everyone how to have a happy life? I know Absolutely. this is your concept. It is absolutely, you know, I've, I've, the blessing of all of this is I've, I've become what I call a neuroscience nerd. Um, and the, the world of happiness absolutely fascinates me because of that, you know, happiness is as unique as each individual footprint Mm. for everybody on the planet. But when you start to understand how your brain and your body works and how you can actually, 
use that yeah. um, to help create happiness in your life. It's really neat. So I always, I, so I can remember it myself personally, mm-hmm. I have a little acronym that I use and I call it your daily dose of happiness. Yes. And dose is an acronym that stands for dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins. Yeah. And these are basically the chemicals in our body that make us feel motivated, reward, happy, love, um, excited, and drives us forward. So dopamine is our reward chemical. It's that system that that always wants us to to keep us going when we don't feel we have anything more to go. And it's our natural reward system that we get. So if somebody gives you an award for something, dopamine's like going off in your body. But it's the way it kind of moves us forward. So if you're feeling stuck in your life, you need to get your dopamine going in your world. The next one is oxytocin. Oxytocin, that's our love hormone. So that's, that's when somebody gives you a warm hug, your first love, when you fall in love, whatever it is, anything to do with love, that's oxytocin firing off in your body. Mm-hmm. Your next one is serotonin. That is our body's happy transmitter that makes us feel happiness. And this can happen both from the inside and it can come from the outside world. Right. And the last one is our endorphins. And for anybody that's out there, if you've heard of the runner's high or the exercising high, when you feel really good when you're exercising, it's the same thing. Endorphins are the thing that kind of give us that natural high feeling in mm. our world. Mm. Well, the really neat thing, and you and I were talking about this, is that when you give, even in small ways, yeah, it fires off all of this chemical reaction that goes mm. on in your body. So you get your daily dose of happiness when you give. And so it's one of the reasons that we always preach, you know, make sure you, you go out and just find your small things you can do every day mm. to get all of those centers in your body going. Yeah, yeah. The other thing that we suggest to everybody, and I talk about this a lot, um, and I happen to have three children. Uh, my boys are actually all adopted and all what we call neurodiverse. So they have um, neural differences um, that make life a little hard for them at times and very hard to regulate their nervous systems. They're very, right. They get very dysregulated very easily. So we've created, created something in our houses called a happy toolbox. And I always like to share this with people because it's something that we can all build. You don't have to be a child. Mm -hmm. And your happy box could be something that literally sits on your desk, Mm -hmm. or it could just be something mentally that you are creating for yourself. But it's, it's literally sitting down with yourself and going, okay, what is it that makes me happy? What are the things? And some can be from the outside world, but you have to find the things on the inside that make you happy too. So we already talked, giving will stimulate that happy hormone in your body, serotonin. For me, for example, my happy place is my garden. I love gardening. So I love getting out into nature. We've all heard this. This is one of the, one of the pillars of well-being. Get out into nature any way that you can. Now that's been really tough for the past year for most people, you know, with COVID lockdowns and, and being, you know, stuck at home, that can be really hard. But even going out and looking out your window will help help open that up a little bit for you. And when you do have the chance, or if you get a break to get out of your house, get out of your house and walk in nature. That's a big one. Um, But you can find other things. And especially if you're stuck at home right now, I always say this, check the algorithm on your phone. What's coming up for you on your computer? What's coming up for you on Instagram? What's coming up for you on YouTube? What are you listening to? What are you watching automatically in your life? Do a check-in on that. So for me personally, uh, I know on my YouTube, I can go to my YouTube anytime. Nothing but positivity comes up on my YouTube. Music comes up on my YouTube. Um, 
you know, meditation comes up on my YouTube, any inspirational talks come up on my YouTube. So I've set the algorithm on my social feed. So the only thing I'm looking at is things that are positive. And if they're not positive, either delete them or get rid of them. So that's another way thing you can add to your happiness. What are you watching and what are you consuming that will help your happiness? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all social media is built like that, you know, so you can, you can choose and people blame the social media, but it's very positive. Set your own algorithm. (laughs) Yeah, set your own algorithm and the feed will be accordingly because they are, of course, they are watching you. They are monitoring. They track every single thing that you watch. Yeah. So, yeah. Really watch what you're consuming, right? If you're going to YouTube and watching news from whatever country you watch you're going to keep getting more bad news because that's mm-hmm. how news feeds make money yeah. sharing bad news yeah but if you're going for other things like i said inspirational speakers mm-hmm. um, if you have a religious background you're listening to people that that have the same faith as you do if you have spiritual leaders and you're listening to those if you have books i mean there's so many books you could be listening to on youtube whatever it is start taking a check-in and go what am i surrounding myself with every yeah. day Um, And the other one too, I say, you know, set your iTunes, you know, whatever music feed you use, you know, fill that with music that either makes you want to dance or makes you want to just relax and go into some kind of form of meditation or just calming your mind. Yeah. Set those so that you have algorithms that if you need a little jolt of happiness in your life, put on that playlist that's going to make you feel like getting up and dancing or singing. Yeah. That'll start to get those chemicals going in your body as well. But the big one is, is, you know, we can't be happy from the outside world. It's never going to work that way. No, no. You really have to find what works for you. Yeah. And you have to be really clear on that and literally make your happiness list. So you know what your go-to things are. And if you can't make a happiness list, you need to start. You need to find out the things for you that are going to work to make you feel happy in your life. Because what research has told us is if you think it's going to be money, it's actually not. There is a cap point at money where money no longer makes you happy. Money will probably make you work a lot harder, which will not make your life happier. Uh, Money will do lots of things. It will give you experiences potentially that will make you happy and bring happiness to your life. But you have to remember that money's not the end all be all. And you'll get to a certain level of wealth, depending on where you live in the world. It's all measured differently, where your happiness levels will not increase anymore because you make more money. Yeah. I I mean, I believe money can be only fulfilling your material requirement, you know. Absolutely. Um, Beyond that, it's all up to you. It is up to you. Yep. And, you know, creating that meaning in our life, and that's a big part of happiness, is where are you finding meaning in your life? And that's why I do what I do, Hmm. because giving creates meaning for me. I know I'm touching other people's lives. And even Hmm. if that's just one life a day, I'm creating meaning in my life every day by helping and supporting our planet, by giving back to animals, by by bringing happiness to other people through smiles, through messages, through notes of gratitude, whatever that is, that creates meaning for me in my life, which instantly gives me happiness as well. Right. Yeah. So that brings to my next question. I always hear from the women's like, you know, I don't know how to balance. How can you balance being a mom to your children and being the world younger? What are the struggles you overcome to get to where you are? Absolutely. Well, it it took me about a decade to get there, I have to say. (laughs) You know, it's 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 not easy. I have been a working mom um, since the day my first son came home. I had my own business at the time uh, when my son, my first son, I adopted my first son. I juggled flying between two, one side of the country to the other mm-hmm. um, and trying to run my own business from a different city and have children. 
Um, and, and what we have to remember is that it goes in ebbs and flows in our life. So yeah. first of all, when your children are very young, your job needs to be a mother and you need to be okay with that. You know, that has to be your number one priority because it's the most important job in the world. Right. If you're not, and I'm not saying you have to be a stay-home mom, but if your children aren't your main focus, you, the problem is, is that it's messing with your children mm. and, and for their future. Yeah. So the, the main thing is, is make your children your focus and everything has to become secondary until they're a little older and they start to get some of their own independence. So their school years or they're going off to preschool or whatever that is, you know, but the, the main thing for me is, is make sure out of everything, you're carving out some time for yourself because if you're not happy, fulfilled, less stressed in your life, you can't be of service to your family. You can't be of service to your workplace. You're not going to perform properly. Your brain's not going to work well. None of it will happen for you. So what I started doing years ago is I actually get up at four o'clock in the morning every day so that I can be of service to myself. I do my exercise. I listen to my motivational YouTube stories that are coming up. I do my meditation. I do these things first before I help anybody else in my family, because yeah. then I am emotionally regulated. I am happy that I've done the things that I want to do for me first. And then I'm ready for my family and I'm ready for work and I'm ready yeah. to do what I'm here to do on the planet. I didn't do that for a decade and I suffered. I suffered a lot. I made everybody else the priority over myself. And then one day I told everybody in my family, that's it, I'm done. I literally went on strike during COVID for a little while um, because everybody thought that I should be of service to them all the time. That is not serving, especially your family or teaching yeah. your family to take care of themselves or your children yeah. or your husbands for that matter. And nor is it at work either. You know, you're not going to be your best at your job if you're not at your best, because what actually happens, and I, I always like explaining this to people, it's your quick little neuroscience um, learning that mm. if this is your brain, mm. we have two parts of our brain. This is our thinking critical brain. This is the part that helps us at work, keeps our lives organized. That's how we learn. This is our emotional brain here. Yeah. If our bodies are under deep stress, mm. what happens is our thinking brain and our emotional brain can no longer work together anymore. You literally flip your lid. That's when you know you yell at your children and you're not happy anymore and you just feel like stress and anxiety is coming in all over you. And you have now flipped your thinking brain and it's no longer working to the best of its ability. So when you're in that state in your life, you're no longer functioning well. You can't be creative. You won't organize well. Um, you won't be learning well, even if you're going to school. So the more regulated you are and your emotions are regulated, then both parts of your brain are actually working and functioning at their peak performance. Right. So if you can keep that in your mind, and especially for women who have to juggle so many different hats, you know, we're not just working, you know, raising mm. a family mm. is so much work. But if you can get your emotional regulation in check, then you will actually work to the to the best of your ability. And, and that's the big lesson that I learned for myself, that I make sure I have that practice for myself every day. Right. Very interesting and very good advice. So you manage yourself. It's all about time management, you know, the way you'd manage it is. time. Yeah. And it's all defined by you. Like, you know, I also remember when I was, you know, I had young children, I was full-time job. If I will quit, 
there will be a career gap and then no company will hire me back. You remember back in those days, if you have Absolutely. a career gap, nobody will hire you. So yeah. I have to manage all that thing. And I was very career oriented. I tried to quit one time and, you know, I took two months break and I was one of, uh, you know, very sad person at that time, you know, two months, my husband says um, that, if you're not going to be happy, we are not going to be happy. So yeah, yeah. And I'm exactly. Not, you know, exactly. all my life I was working. So this is something I feel like I, you know, I will be continue working until my, you know, whole uh, body and brain is working, you know. That's so, saying, yeah. And that makes me happy because that's what all I know, right? That's how I built up. That's how I grew up. And if I'm going to quit that, it's going to be making me very unhappy or unsatisfied, I would say. You yeah, know. that's the perfect word for it, really, isn't it? It's yeah. The, satis- the satisfaction. Satisfaction yeah. is not, it's not about just money. It's about getting that satisfaction. Mm-hmm. I was always being an um, ambitious person. If I will not satisfy my ambitions, then I'm really not going to be happy. And I yeah. chose that. And now uh, I needed to learn the card and all those things. So I started waking up. I mean, I always, still I wake up 5 a.m. in the morning. It's just the rule, right? It's a household yeah. ancient culture practice from my parents but I started waking up a little earlier so that before my kids wake up I learned car I learned all those things because in my childhood I didn't learn those things so yeah bounce back to the career and uh, since then no looking back and three and a half years children I started getting bringing them to involvement you know like help me with this you know let's chop the veggie with me and they are just sitting there I'm chopping but they are involved Right. Exactly. Um, so I'm not gonna give them the dangerous thing, but I'm not suggesting do that. But I'm just saying that keep them involved, keep them around in your kitchen, absolutely. around you where you yeah, are working. Absolutely. Take help from there, you know, uh, folding the clothes and all, and it helped me a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for your wisdom. Really, really inspiring. And uh, that brings to my last question: How can you define unconditional happiness? Can I define unconditional happiness? You know, I don't think there's such a thing as unconditional happiness. I think we go through ebbs and flows. Yeah. And I think we need to. Yeah. Because the reason being is, and I and you know, I have a belief that if you don't have times that you're unhappy in your life, uh, I think those are the times where you're in your greatest lessons. Yeah. If you can see it that way. Yeah. Um, you know, it, I always say this, we wouldn't know how good love feels if we didn't get really scared, you know, or we, we didn't, we didn't feel a lot of fear and you wouldn't know how good happiness felt if you didn't feel unhappiness. Yeah. So for me, happiness is not the ultimate destination for me. I think peace is more inner peace is more of a destination for me. So I can manage those ebbs and flows of happy and unhappy. So I think that's probably more of a goal for me. I don't think there is a state, a perfect state of happiness all of the time. I think maybe if you're a a monk um, in Tibet and you never leave the monastery and you're not influenced by the outside world in any way, you've got a pretty good chance. Um, But, you know, I think the experience, the human experience is experiencing it all. Yeah. But it's the difference between experiencing it's, it's the difference between you letting life dictate how you feel and you choosing how you're going to feel every day because life can dictate a lot of stuff at us. You know, we yeah. all have our stories 
from whether our childhood or where, wherever it is that are not great stories that have affected us in our life, abuse, you know, um, divorce, whatever it may be for you in your life, your parents' loss, um, so many things. But what we know is that we all have the choice on how we react. Yeah. And so for me, the state of happiness is, is how can I take what life brings to me and stay somewhat um, in, a, in a calm, happy place with everything that goes along, goes around in our world, because I want to experience it all. I want to experience the great highs and, you know, experience the great lows because that makes the highs so much better. Yeah. So, but it's being able to stand back from that and recognize it and go, okay, I'm in a low right now and I need to make that shift, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's taking those moments and being consciously aware of how you're feeling, honestly, at any given moment in the day. And when you're going off the rails a little bit and you're not feeling happy or you're angry or you're upset or somebody's done something to you, it's taking that moment and going, okay, I've got to recognize this and really why is this making me upset? How am I letting, I always say, how are you letting others take your power away from you? Mm. So it's, how do you start recognizing that? How am I letting other people in the outside world take out the best in myself? Right, right. Before you go, I would like to ask you one last question for business community. So sure. business community is actually um, how they can contribute being a corporate CSR responsibility, how they can contribute and what's your suggestion for them? And, you know. Absolutely. You know, I think I don't consider giving a responsibility for people. I see it as the best opportunity to make the most growth in your company. Oh. And here's the reason why. And there goes all my kids in the background. Uh, and here's the reason why is because happiness and CSR programs will be the best investment you've ever made in your company. And what most people don't realize is that when you instill um, both a well-being and CSR program into your company, it will actually improve your bottom line by up to 23%. And this is now, sorry, I apologize. The kids are running around. Um, I apologize that um but the the rate of return because when your people feel connected to a corporate corporate social responsibility when it's a team effort it's a group effort it's something that you're all going to do together as a company they start to get all of those things that i just spoke about they start to feel like there's meaning and purpose in their life they will get the the happiness from the giving that the company is doing together it will bring your team together and bond together when you have employees doing all of this together, you're increasing their well-being, you're creating a happy atmosphere at work. You have employees that want to stay with the company. You have employees that are raving about the company. You have employees that are your best ambassadors. And when you do that, they're the ones that are up, they're the ones talking to your customers. They're the ones that are communicating with the people that you're selling to. Those are the employees that you want in your company. And right. that's how your revenue goes up. Yeah. And that's how you define your value and value matches. Then, yeah. Absolutely. But get your employees involved in the decisions on how you're going to give. I can give you literally 365 days worth of giving ideas. <laughs> but get your employees, find out what, what they care about. 
you know, make a plan together, yeah. get them to help you make those choices. Is it the environment? Is it the people that you're working with in your own community? Is it a combination of all of those things? But when you get your employees invested in your CSR program, it will truly grow uh, beyond what you will ever imagine. They'll be matching contributions. You'll be making contributions. You'll be doing team building experiences together. And this is the opportunity in CSR programs. Yeah, right. Thank you so much for your wisdom and your knowledge to share and your experience to share with my audience. It's it's an honor and a pleasure to have you here. Oh, well, just such an honor for me to have these conversations reminds me of why I do what I do. So thank you so much for that. It's it's kind of my reminder of, um, you know, every life that I can touch and even if only one person listens and, you know, learn something from our conversation that is my blessing for the day. And uh, I'm deeply honored that you asked me to have this conversation with you today. Is it? We can be just a droplet, isn't it? Just, that's all we need to do. It's that drop that creates a ripple, a ripple, and then we get the wave going. So it's just an honor to meet you and for all you do to give. Your stories have just inspired me today. Just remarkable. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, audience, for joining in. If you haven't subscribed and liked so far, please do that. All her details will be given in the description. Please follow her, you know, admire her, whatever you ways you can help <laughs> this community and the humanity going. We urge you to do. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for watching this video. If you liked it, like, comment, and subscribe if you haven't already done it. To know more about us, visit www.coprality.global. And also, you can find more about Priya Mishra is on priya.sydney.